You're now listening to Hack and Grow Rich with Shaheen Shayan and his co-host, Bart Baggett, where we discuss hacking your way to success and the unconventional paths to unreasonable success with the people who've been there. And now, the author of Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, Shaheen Shayan. Hey, what's going on, guys? we got a special guest today. He is the founder and creator of Herbal Ecstasy, the nootropic pill that sparked the 100% legal smart drug movement. He's made millions of dollars, but what made it even more special is that he was only 15 years old at the time. He is also an early inventor in the vaping world, inventing the industry's first vapor vaporizer, as well as hundreds of other multi-million dollar products. He's further established himself as an award-winning entrepreneur, Amazon expert, inventor, author, and filmmaker. His career as a serial entrepreneur spans over 30 years and a billion dollars in revenue. He's crushing it on Amazon now, and he's sought after by the Fortune 500 companies, but he never forgets his roots. And he continues to champion and mentor entrepreneurs looking to enhance their revenue streams and disrupt the market. Cheyenne Sheen. How are we doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're super excited to have you here on the Clocked In podcast. So, and, and I also forgot to mention is that you have this incredible book out. Yeah. Billions. Billion, singular. How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult is out now on Amazon. The Audible book just dropped. So we're super excited about that. Yeah, it's, um, I, I was reading it. It's, it's infatuating. It's really incredible. So, Tell us here, how did this story start that you end up into this incredible industry and building this massive company at such a young age? Yeah, it's a totally wild ride. I started off uh, when I was uh, adolescent. Uh, We came to this country when I was like five years old. I didn't speak a word of English, came from Iran, and quickly learned that in Iran, we were pretty good middle-class citizens came here and we were poor. My folks managed to scrape together some cash. My dad worked odd jobs, pizza parlor, you know, uh, he worked at dry cleaners, just trying to make ends meet and managed to get enough money to buy a house. The neighborhood came up. I saw all this wealth around me, thought to myself, man, I'd like to get a piece of that, but there was no path to it. My folks uh, only knew you can become a doctor. That is it for a patient. You become doctor. And I didn't really want to do that. I looked around me. The dudes that were doing that were fucking miserable. They were fat. They were old. They were unhappy. They were not living the lifestyle I wanted to. And then I looked out on the Pacific Coast Highway, and I saw the dude in the Porsche, top down, beautiful girl next to him, candy apple red Porsche, driving down the coast with not a worry in his mind. And I thought, man, I want to be that guy. So I dropped everything. I left home. I got involved in the electronic music scene. I I, I left home with nothing. I was basically sleeping in abandoned cars, sleeping in abandoned buildings. And through the electronic music scene, I learned about ecstasy, which was the most popular drug of the time. And somehow, by hook or by crook, I managed to come up with an alternative to it. And what I did that was unique was I offered it through the drug dealers. I used the drug dealers in the clubs as a distribution for my pills. And soon they became legitimized. I was 
prior sleeping on the beach in these abandoned buildings in the back of an abandoned Lincoln Continental. And six months later, I had become a multimillionaire. I had a collection of exotic cars, uh, and the company was producing over $350 million a year. And I was in my teens, and it was a wild ride until one day I walked into my office and the news broke that we had broken a billion dollars in revenue, pre-internet, pre-social media. And from there, it was a wild ride. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, Just that you would even think that that is possible. So when you left, well, what age were you? When, When I left Iran, I was five. When I left home, I was roughly about 15 years old. Oh, man. And... During those first tribulations, uh, as it says in your book, it wasn't just like, wow, we made the herbal ecstasy and we were good to go. There was a lot of learning, a lot of mentorship, um, some guidance and in not the most traditional ways. It was you meet them, they provide some insight. So how, how was that? How did mentorship affect your? So I met this guy. I was at the community college. And I met this dude who was very unusual. He was an unusual character, had long dreadlocks, was a black man in the 1990s. He was huge. He was dressed in very unconventional clothes. He he pretty much looked homeless, but his presence did not indicate that. And it turns out he was a huge leader of civil rights uh, from the 1960s on up and that he had fought Uh, with the government, with the police, and single-handedly taking a case to the Supreme Court that was huge in in civil rights. And if anybody's interested, you can check out my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thruple Cult. But he mentored me. Most importantly, he mentored me on the principles of influence. The fact that you can have anything that you want, even if you don't have money to start. You don't need a lot of money to influence people. Money is only one method to influence people. And if you have the tools of what Robert Caldini talks about in his seminal book, Influence, and his subsequent book, Persuasion, if you know how to use social proof, if you know how to use authority, if you know how to use likability, scarcity, these elements that we talk about, reciprocity, then you're able to move mountains. You're able to move people in a way that money alone cannot do. And that's what I do now. I teach people how to create these recurring revenue streams by creating Amazon companies, by creating Amazon products and offering them up out there. Wow. And that, like, that's the coolest thing to me is that learning uh, from this guy was so different than everything you were hearing when you were at school that it just didn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Ed was a unique character. He was Definitely not somebody that you would forget, even if you met him just once. His physical presentation of who he was 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 overwhelming. There was a lot going on there. He was big. He had big teeth, big hands. He was a huge dude. I think he was all of 6'4", maybe taller than that. But additionally, he was very imposing when he spoke, but in a way that captivated you. There was something about him where you looked at this guy and you were like, holy fucking shit. This is a dude that's lived a lot of fucking life and he's fucking interesting. And people would have one of two reactions to him. They would either be irresistibly attracted to him or unbelievably mortified 
that he exists. Yeah, I could, uh, I could imagine we've all, um, like, I, cause I've thought about this whole concept of influence and it, it, it's really fascinating how the ability to talk and persuade people can move mountains for you. It can completely change your life. So what was his real tactic of influence that he focused on or, or that you were able to learn from him? Well, I, he showed me several lessons in person. So a lot of learning from someone is just being around them and watching what they do. Because as people, we can hear people all the time, like with all the internet gurus and all the people that are like, hey, do this, do that. And then you're watching them and you're like, fuck, man, that guy's not doing that. That guy's doing something totally different. And a lot of this happens with Amazon too. I see dudes all the time on, you know, it's the, the latest, greatest thing. I've been doing Amazon for 12 years, but I look on, on TikTok. I look on Instagram. There's people like, let me show you how to get rich on Amazon. You're like, well, dude, if you're going to show me how to get rich on Amazon, why are you on TikTok? And all you do is showing me how to, how to buy your course. The fact is that most of the guys that teach these things, same in the world of stock trading, crypto trading, all this, the guys that teach how to do it don't really know how to do it themselves. Or if they do, they're not teaching you the secrets. So in this case, in the case of, of Ed, most of my lessons were learned by just being around him. Most of my lessons were learned just being in his presence and seeing how he interacted with people, watching the tools that he used to get people to do the things that he wanted them to do. It was very unique. And this was a guy that could walk into a room not knowing anybody and leave with a room full of friends that would do anything that he asked. And very simply, he used the elements of influence. He used social proof. He used authority. He used likability and authenticity yeah which i really yeah absolutely and I, and I ask these questions just about ed and about influence just so that the audience can take away some of these intangibles in their day-to-day -day lives and how it can impact them but with your story so you get to a billion and yeah. then the news starts coming <laughs> people just started to spotlight who you were what what happened next? We had a lot of news that brought us to a billion. So we were doing uh, very well, and we got to a billion bucks, and then things started going even more crazy. We had the government coming after us. We had uh, the, the mob coming after us at a certain point. And I, I again, I, I write about it in my book, Billion, how I became king of the Thropo cult. But at a certain point, I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to get out. So I exited that company. I moved on to developing vaporization technology, most of the forerunner to what you see to today's vapes. And by the way, I don't espouse smoking or vaping. I don't think either one is good for you. Uh, maybe vaping is a harm reduction measure, but still not, not good. And I went on to patent and invent a lot of the forerunning technology for what you see now as vapes and, and vaporizers, uh, digital vaporization. And from there, I went on to the Amazon space. For the, the vaporizing, how did you even have the foresight to see this? Because uh, obviously cigarettes have been massive for years. And what really allowed you to feel that this was an entry point? Yeah, well, I'm a problem solver. That's one of the things I'm really good at. And I like solving tricky problems. So I looked at smoking and I thought, man, people have been smoking for thousands of years, for millennia. 
And smoking creates smoke, tar, and carbon monoxide, the three carcinogenic elements, carcinogenic meaning cancer-causing, of course. Well, if all we're trying to get is the cannabinoids, the nicotine, the active elements of the plants, why do we need to burn it? So turns out after doing some research, you don't. You can heat up a plant, say something like cannabis, and get THC, get cannab cannab cannabinols, get all that stuff at a much lower temperature. So I thought, well, how do we create a technology that does that? And I started looking around and invented what was the first digital portable vaporizer, which was the size of a ketchup bottle. And then we reduced it to the size of a cigar and until finally it was the size of what you see today, those little e-cigs. And then I exited that company uh, shortly thereafter, and the company went out to be a, a public company. So it's publicly traded now. I am no longer involved. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. But it's still incredible to see some of these foresights and uh, much more advanced than the most people are used to. Yeah. Most yeah. people aren't thinking like that. I tell most people I am really good at like maybe two or three things and a complete fucking chimpanzee at everything else. I, I am an absolute buffoon at most things, but there's two or three things that I do well. And one of them is spotting trends. What are the other two? Well, I'm, I'm good at influence and I'm great at sales and storytelling. Okay. And yeah. at that point you can take yourself and it really allows you to get the full picture. Yeah. But pretty much everything else, I'm a chimpanzee, slightly below <laughs> chimpanzee as far as my specific. Yeah. But it allows it to be possible. So for you at your age, when you were younger with the, um, the herbal ecstasy, how did you handle all that success? Cause there's people nowadays getting a lot of success, but that's a lot at one time. <laughs> like it could yeah. be overwhelming for sure. Yeah, it was totally overwhelming. And, and I just kind of rolled with the punches. You know, I had this philosophy in those days called suicide margins where it didn't matter what went wrong. I, all I had to do was make more money. And I was very good at that. So we were producing these pills for 25 cents, selling them for $20, making them all day long. So as long as there was more demand than there was supply, the money kept rolling in. It didn't matter how many people stole from me. It didn't matter how hard the government came after us. It didn't matter what all the mistakes were that I were to make as, as a youth. And with that came some level of fame and notoriety. You know, I was known in those days when I walked into somewhere, people did recognize me from time to time. And it's, it's unusual because on one level, you never know who to trust. And on the other level, it is fun and exciting. I don't care what anybody says. Anybody that's like, oh, it's not fun to be rich. It's not fun to be famous. Bullshit. It's, it's fucking awesome. But at the same time, it does come with its own perils because you find yourself on a yacht somewhere in the Caribbean hanging out with folks and you're like, man, are these people like, do they like me as a human or are they just here for the ride? Do they just want to be around money and fame? And, and therein lies the biggest problem. Most young people don't know how to handle that. And that's why it's really good to have people around you who you trust and have good mentors that have been there and can at least navigate and guide that kind of landscape in a in a reasonable way 
So at that point in your life, when you were going through the abundance, yeah, who did you, you mentor and mentor, who'd you look to at that time? Because it seems like you had different mentors for each area yeah. of your life as you were going. Yeah, there was a guy named Stuart Wilde. He was an author. Uh, he wrote this book called The Trick to Money is Having Some, very new age, but he was a metaphysician. He was back in the day, one of the founders of the new age movement, the personal development movement with Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and Tony Robbins. He was one of the top, top guys. And I befriended him after reading his book, The Trick to Money. And he was a mentor to me. I had a couple other like smaller mentors, nobody at the level of, of Ed, of course. But part of my problem was that I really lacked that kind of mentorship that I needed in those days. And part of that kind of led to, uh, you know, led to me walking out of the and exiting the ecstasy business rather than sticking to it, which is probably what I should have done. When you, when you exited that, how'd that go down? Did well, someone buy it? Was it? Like, yeah, okay. we, the, we, it was parted out and and sold during that time. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So all the at that point you have all the cash, no equity in it. You're just right clean moving on. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Very cool. And now after all this vapor, um, after the whole XTC thing, you obviously ran into a bunch of issues, but you're making more money. So who cares? So when you got into the vapor, were you not opposed to those issues coming forward? Because obviously. Which, which issues? Uh, the issues of, oh, it's endangering. It's not healthy. It's not good. Like, you know oh, what I mean? No, you know, in those days I was creating. Um, so you got to realize there's two types of vaporization. So the kind of vaporization that we did was really a harm reduction measure. And I am a proponent of that over smoking. So digital yeah. vaporization, where you take the raw plant material, you add nothing to it, you heat it up to the point where it gives you the active elements, but not to the point where it burns it. If that's digitally controlled in a way where you're not burning the material at all, I personally believe, and again, don't take medical advice from me, anybody watching this, consult your doctor, but I personally believe that that is orders of magnitude safer than combustion and smoking. I think very few scientists would disagree. What we have now, what evolved out of the technology that I built are these e-vapes. And the e-vapes are different because in order to make it convenient and small, they can only use a small lithium ion battery. That battery produces a very small amount of energy. So they cannot heat the entire plant. So what they have to do is they have to extract just what they need. So be it the cannabinoids or tobacco or nicotine from the tobacco, the nicotine and whatever it is, and allow that to aerosolize at a very low temperature because they have very low power in those devices. What happens is, is that in order for that to happen, they will add something that uh, volatizes very quickly. So it looks like smoke and also that you get some of that nicotine or uh, cannabinoids uh, in that vapor that you're inhaling. Well, what you're inhaling is either glycerites uh, or other chemicals that they add in there. So you're no longer just getting cannabinoids or nicotine. You're getting cannabinoids and nicotine carried in a carrier liquid. And that's why vapes may not be the healthiest thing ever is because, not because of the cannabinoids or the nicotine, but rather because of the carrier liquids that they put in it. And all those stories that you hear about people that have had health issues and people ending up in the hospital from vaping and whatnot, 
uh, from what I understand, for a good part come from uh, poor quality ingredients used to carry the elements into the lungs rather than uh, the vaporization that I developed. The original form, the source of vaporization was just heating plants so you don't burn them. And that's, you know, I, I believe far more efficacious. I got you. So originally when it all started, it was to limit people smoking. And now it's become this thing where it's people are using it. They're including other uh, materials that shouldn't be in there. shouldn't be inhaling. Right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Completely it's different his, game. It's its own thing. And, you know, when I did it, it was really truly built as a harm reduction. Reduction. Measure. Yeah. And now it's, you know, I mean, multi-billion dollar business that's based on just it being a delivery vehicle. Now, that's not to say in the future that science can't develop a liquid that's safe for our lungs that could be used in vapes. I, I, I have strong belief in science, but somebody has to want to do that and put the money into doing that. And look how many thousands of years we smoked before we came up with digital vaporization and changed that. <laughs> now, like, yeah. for vapes to change, maybe it'll be as long. Or maybe a, a smart entrepreneur will come out and uh, come up with a safe vape. That would be cool. Absolutely. Um, then you, so after you exit that, what was the, obviously you move into the Amazon, but what was the real, like, did you chill for a month? Like, were you looking for the next thing? How, how'd that go? How'd I, that I came up with this nootropic, this brain pill called Accelerol, and there's one called Focus Plus. And I was looking for a way to sell it. It was very expensive, 120 bucks a month. Now it's a lot less. People can, you can get it on Amazon. Just look up Accelerol, E-X-C-E-L-E-R-O-L. But back then it was cheap. Uh, uh, sorry, more expensive, not as cheap as it is now. And I thought, man, I'd love to sell this. Jeff Bezos was very accessible in those days. You could uh, hear back from, you could email him. We heard through the grapevine that Jeff was opening up the Amazon platform to third-party sellers. I was like, you know what? Let me list this on there. It took 15 minutes to list my product, start a seller account, all that. It was the easy days, the Wild West. <laughs> we were the first brain supplement on Amazon. And I woke up to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of orders, thousands of orders at $120 a unit. And I started to look more closely at Amazon, look more closely at Jeff Bezos. Turns out he wasn't just this little Silicon Valley nerd. Turns out this guy was a major disruptor and was going to change e-commerce as we knew it. He was taking cheap money from Wall Street, putting it into Silicon Valley, and enabling people like myself, like you, like anybody who wants to, cre to create recurring revenue streams by creating these Amazon companies. So I thought, man, let me become the best at that. And I spent a lot of time learning how to do it. And then people started coming to me saying, man, I want to do what you're doing. Looks like you're doing great. You're making a lot of money. Your products are everywhere. How, how do we do this? So I created a course. It's called fbasellercourse.com. Uh, you guys can just reach out to me. I've got a one-hour course that'll teach you everything. It's normally 200 bucks. Um, we were going to use the code clocked in. So uh, use the word clocked in, hashtag clocked in, in the subject line. Email me directly. I'm going to share my email. Is darkzess at gmail.com, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. And I'll share with you the one hour course for free. Absolutely no cost, no obligation. Get the $200 one hour course. It'll teach you everything you need to know. 
how to create a product, how to get reviews, how to start a company. And really now my job is empowering people to be able to eventually leave their jobs and create these predictable recurring revenue streams by starting these Amazon businesses. And that's what I've been focused on. Well, well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that with the audience. That is uh, an amazing gift. Second off, how did the, like you call it a reoccurring revenue. It's, is there a way to predict like the sales that are going to come in? How does that all work? Yeah, so absolutely. We use algorithms and we teach people. So one of the biggest problems people have is people look at the Amazon platform and they're like, man, I'd love to sell on there. I just don't know what. I don't have a product yet. That's the number one thing that people say in the beginning. Fact is, you're in a better place if you don't have a product than 99% of the people who do. Why? Because your cup is empty and we can teach you how to do it. What mistake most entrepreneurs make, number one mistake that most entrepreneurs make when they want to get involved in e-commerce is creating a product and going out there and trying to find a marketplace to sell it and find a market for it. It's a fool's game. You got to educate. You got to find a market. It's a long way around. The easier way is why don't you spy the market, which is what we teach you to do. Look at what the market needs and then feed it that thing. And we do this all the time. We teach people how to use algorithms, follow predictable systems to create predictable revenue by creating these private label products on Amazon. We teach you how to find a product and you do that by seeing what the market needs and then niching it down, niche, 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 niche. Maybe you're looking for, you want to sell fishing rods. So we look at fishing rods and you're like, you know what? Fishing rods are profitable, but what people are buying are the hooks. And then you look and you go, hey, man, people are buying copper hooks and there isn't a lot of competition. You just found your low-hanging fruit. And then we add products on. I've got students making uh, thousands of dollars a month starting from little or nothing uh, to the point where I've got students that have left their jobs and given their, their bosses the middle finger. And I know people that are, that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars now. We make millions of dollars selling products on Amazon. That's really... that's where I make most of my money is selling on Amazon, not training people how to do it. I do this because it makes me feel good to empower people to do the same. It's the best feeling in the world when somebody calls me and says, dude, I went in today and I booked a beautiful vacation to Fiji. And I gave my boss the middle finger because my Amazon products doing 50 grand a month now. And that's all I need to live my lifestyle. It's the greatest feeling in the world when you can empower somebody to have that ultimate freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds incredible. What is the best way of going about it? Obviously, you go to the course, you learn, but then once you do you you help them uh, locate a target or it's yes. like I want the fishing hook or we look at metrics behind it or how's yeah, that, the, how's that the best way to do it is not to follow your hunch. My my mentor who I told you about, Stuart Wild would say uh, follow your hunch and it'll have your lunch, a great, uh, great measure by the things that you do. It's good to be intuitive. It's good to have hunches, but it's better to follow a proven system and an algorithm. And that's all you got to do. If you don't do it through us, do it through someone, but learn from other people's mistakes. And what we have is a proven system. I, I have uh, a, a, an incredible success rate. Um, and if you were to 
start researching the market and breaking it down into niches, following an algorithm and a system, launching a product, it would be unlikely that you would lose. What would be more likely would be that you would create a business that over time would create another predictable revenue stream for you. And I talk about this to people all the time, is that this isn't your only revenue stream. You need to have foundational thinking. I teach people, invest in cash flow positive real estate. Invest a little bit of the money in the market. Be diversified. You may need to have a job. You may need to have a career. Some people have a trust fund. If you have a trust fund, great. That can be one of the pillars. But you need to have these different foundations, these different pillars, so that you can be in a relaxed place, so that you can be in a place where you have $5,000, $10,000 of disposable income that you can go out there and take risks with. And then when you do, go out there and try to fail. Go out there and truly, genuinely put your best foot forward, but be okay with failure. Because really what it is, it's the tweaking of failure that leads to long-term success. It's not the people that roll the dice and get a hit and they're like, oh, great, this is, it's one and done. It's never like that. That's what we see, but we don't see all the stuff that came before. So if you go into it with that mindset of, you know what? Let me go out there and fail today. It's okay if I fail. But you go out there and you try your, your hardest and you just don't give a fuck. You'll be in a much better place than the guy that's like, oh my God, I can't lose this $5,000. This is uh, little Johnny's diapers. Oh my God, I can't lose it. And you know, then I'll have to eat top ramen for a month. You're not going to make it like that. You're going to make it when you're relaxed. I tell people this often with design. And I, I coach people a lot of times in designing their products and graphic design and visuals, great design isn't about filling a page with stuff. It's about the white space. It's about what you don't see. So if you see design where you're like, man, that looks great. You look at Apple. It's a big, big ass white billboard. And there's a phone in the middle. And on the corner, there's a little picture of an Apple. And that's it. And you look at it and you're like, man, that's clean. That's good. Why? It's not because of the stuff you see. It's because of the stuff you don't. And it's the same with our minds. We have to constantly keep our minds clear, release the tension, be in a place where we can be receptive, we can be reflective. And when you're in that empowered place, that's when you succeed. And that's what I like to coach people to do, train people to do on the Amazon platform. Yeah, I think what you brought up is, you brought up a lot of different points there, but I think one of the major ones is, regarding it's basically financial literacy it's how to do it and you talk about these different legs and one can be real estate one can be the stock market crypto whatever it is yeah one can be but not a lot of people have that other leg of amazon fba and maybe the other one could be i don't know whatever you want it to be um but if you have all these different legs and you can correct me if you think it's wrong but let's say the market's down today and I'm, I won't care because my house is appreciated and my Amazon business has sold another 20,000. It wouldn't matter. Exactly. The concept. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly the concept. And more so if you have this foundation, like you very astutely observed, you can never have a bad day. You can never have a bad day because there's zero chance of all your diversification going bad. Yeah. 
100%. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people need to realize is that we can't put all our eggs in one basket. We can try a bunch of different things and that allows us to learn a lot more. And then in regard to your failure comment, all I thought about is that one guy who probably went to go flip a house, messed up, and then he kept trying and he figured it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's even, yeah. Or it's even yourself in your book. You talk about how you messed up with the ecstasy a bunch of times. And then you finally got the herbal ecstasy. Yeah, wars aren't won in the big one-time event. Wars are won by lots of tiny little battles leading up to that big win. And that's what people have to realize. It's not about winning the war. It's about winning the battles. And you got to get out there and you got to fight those battles. One thing we know for sure is if you don't get out there and try, you're never going to win. I can guarantee you 100% 100 that if you don't try, you're never going to win. And if you try, it is possible that you might fail. It is possible. I'm going to say it right here. If you guys don't believe me, take a look around. There's people who have failed. And it could be because you suck. I want people to realize that. Not everyone's going to get a participation reward. The world of business doesn't work that way. You don't get a second place trophy in business. You don't get a second place trophy in entrepreneurship. Why? Because you are swimming in an ocean filled with hungry sharks. And the second you drop that piece of meat in, there'll be a million people going after it. So what do we teach? We teach you to find the blue ocean where you're the biggest shark in there, where you're the only shark in there. And that's how you win. You systemize, you follow an algorithm, you use mentorship, you use a mastermind. And for anybody who's interested, you can check out our bigger program is fbasellercourse.com. FBA, of course, standing for fulfillment by Amazon. And really, I I teach a lot of these lessons in my book, which I know you've checked out, but Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, it's on Amazon, on Audible. Please check it out. Leave us a review. Let me know what you think. Yeah. And the other thing I took away from the book uh, as I was reading it, at the end of every chapter, it, it gives you these lessons that are, it explains what the rationale was going through your head and why this is important. So I, I highly recommend this book because there's a lot of autobiographies where people will read and it's like, oh, wow, that was really cool. This guy accomplished this, this happened here. How does this apply to my life? It's broken down in this, it's an interesting like nine box form and it, and it tells you exactly why why you should do it this way. So I, I definitely uh, gained a lot of value from the book. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Look, we're we're here to inspire people. Today's Thursday. I'm here to inspire people. I'm here to empower people. Guys, if I can help you in any way, reach out to me. My email again, darkzess at gmail.com, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. Use the code hashtag clocked in if you want to get my one-hour training, the $200 course for free. Awesome. I, I appreciate that. This, is, uh, this has been amazing. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on, bud. That's awesome.